0: As we grow older, it's inevitable that we will need additional health care support and potentially surgery, however, as pressure mounts on the NHS. More and more of us are waiting too long for operations and a rising number of medical procedures are no longer available to us on the NHS. New research from BMI Healthcare has revealed that more than 53% of the UK have never heard of the concept of self-pay healthcare or don't understand it. Self-pay healthcare enables those who don't have private medical health cover to benefit from private treatment. Joining me in the studio is Dr. Vikas Vide, who's an orthopaedic surgeon, and Dr. Shane Roche, a consultant physician. They're advocating the importance of tackling conditions as soon as possible, as well as the benefits of self-pay healthcare. Can you tell me what exactly is self-pay healthcare? So self Pay healthcare is exactly what it
1: says. Ultimately, it's a process by which patients can choose to pay for private healthcare um, for a particular uh, ailment or uh, condition and specifically to treat that condition. Um, ultimately, it's different from the private uh, healthcare insurance which can cover uh, any condition when it presents in an individual.
0: Now that seems to be one of the the confusions that people have is is differentiating this from uh, private health insurance. Are there some stark differences? Well private health insurance um, is a policy
1: that uh, allows uh, an individual to pay on a monthly basis um, to cover uh, their health costs in the event uh, that they need um, treatment for a number of conditions, whereas uh, self-pay care is to treat a specific condition that they may wish to get treated more quickly than may be available through the NHS.
0: So is that ability to to do this quickly, is that one of the the appealing points, if you like, to self-pay?
1: Definitely. I think uh, as things continue to change in the NHS and waiting lists uh, are sometimes uh, greater than the targets that the government wishes to achieve, uh, patients don't always want to wait um, for a number of reasons. Obviously, they may be in a considerable amount of pain. um, That gives them... um, a lot of uh, physical symptoms. Um, Also they may have pressures upon them um, from a financial point of view. They may not be able to go to work if they've got a painful hip or a painful knee and they want to get themselves better. They also want to return to their normal quality of life and many patients now aren't willing to wait uh, longer times um, in order to return to normal activities.
0: Now we are we are aware of the financial pressures on the nhs so that that's surely not the only reason that, that people are perhaps having to wait longer for treatment well i think
2: we're living longer we can't do much about the fact that we're living in an aging population so the the pressure is ever increasing on the nhs um there're a lot more of us out there so that creates longer waiting lists and waiting times um I think that, you know, there are certain conditions where the waiting lists are longer than others. You know, in fairness to the NHS, there's quite a lot of few uh, conditions where the waiting lists meet their targets. But problems with cataracts and uh, arthritic knees and hips and even m- things like mental mental illness. I have quite a few patients who self-pay who come to see me who have got may have a diagnosis of dementia where the families are not keen on waiting for months before they get an opinion.
0: And that weight must have a, a real negative effect on the, the the patient themselves, probably not just physically either.
2: Yeah, mental illness uh, and, and the sort of the physical illness and the effect it has on your mental illness is, is always a, an issue. So the longer you have to wait, the more you're in pain. You know, it leads to things like depression and, you know, further ill health. So I think the earlier patients are seen the better and that's why Quite a few patients now do self-pay, even patients who used to be insured in the past who have, are older, who can't afford their insurance, they've saved their money and they, they self-pay when they need to.
0: Which procedures then are typically restricted on the NHS? So um,
1: I think it's difficult to say that these procedures are restricted, but the criteria that the patients need to meet in order to receive treatment is becoming uh, more and more uh, stringent. So patients who have osteoarthritis of their hip and knee need to have tried and um, tried many other treatments before surgeries um, made uh, available to them, and before they are eligible for referral from primary to secondary care, um, cataracts as well. Um, I think patients nowadays have to be um, visually uh, affected more so than previously before they're enabled, they're allowed to have cataracts, etc. Uh, Varicous veins, um, hernia treatment. Uh, many um, clinical care commissioning groups are. Limiting um, treatment for these sorts of conditions as well. So all of these have a significant impact on an individual. If you imagine you're in significant pain and can't walk properly um, due to pain in your hip or knee, then quality of life is significantly affected, and that has a knock-on effect to everyday activities, um, which causes psychological stress as well as as well as physical disability. And uh,
0: patients are are now not willing to wait as long as they used to be able to, used to be willing to wait. Interesting you mentioned cataracts, I was going to t- just ask about um, stricter criteria in many of these, these procedures and cataract is one of those but it almost has to get even more serious than it is before it's actually treated.
1: Um, First of all, I'd like to say I'm an orthopaedic surgeon, so I'm not a specialist in, in cataracts. But from my understanding of the uh, referral guidelines for uh, primary care to uh, secondary care for treatment of cataracts, um, I understand from my colleagues that um, patients are having to have more uh, significant visual disturbance before they're, enable- they're allowed to have cataract surgery.
0: Now, we're talking about the self-pay healthcare here. So to tell us a little bit more about BMI. So BMI
1: is one of the largest uh, private health organizations in the country, um, and uh, they have uh, many private uh, hospitals all over the country uh, where... There is an array of consultants of varying specialities, all uh, highly qualified. And uh, ultimately, if you have a particular condition um, which uh, you feel you need to uh, have treatment more urgently, um, you can either be referred from your GP or you can choose, if you're self-paid, to refer yourself for an opinion. Um, And you can see a specialist um, often within 24 hours um, or a specialist of your choice if you're willing to wait a few days for an appointment it's much much quicker than being seen on the NHS and as a result you can uh, receive more speedy and accurate treatment um, uh, than uh, may be the case um, if you have to wait a little longer on the
0: NHS. And can anyone take advantage of this?
1: Absolutely. Um, It's a uh, self-funding process, so if you're willing to uh, meet the financial costs, then, of course, anyone is eligible.
2: And the the costs uh, can be spread out over a year, so you don't have to necessarily put your money up front. You can pay over 12 months or come to an agreement, so it eases the burden.
0: And if people would like more information, where's the best place for them to go? So the uh,
1: BMI Healthcare has their own website um, and that's the first port of call. Um, there's a separate section uh, for self-pay patients which you can be directed to. It's uh, www.bmihealthcare.co.uk forward slash pfy general.
0: Mr Vikas Vidi and Dr Shane Roche, thank you both for speaking with us on I B Connect Radio. Thanks thank so you very much. Very much.